Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus, joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. Hi, Missio Day. Good to see you. Good to be with you. Uh, if you have a Bible, please turn to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. We're in a series called Longing for Rebirth. And we're looking at what does it look like to journey into the flow of the resurrection, to go through death and resurrection. Uh, this last week, Dave talked about acknowledging God. And this week, we talk about acknowledging what's in here, acknowledging reality, acknowledging uh, our sin. We're talking about uh, this idea of confession. It's a word used in the Christian church for centuries. Um, and so uh, after this service, we're going to have a Zoom call in which anyone is welcome to come onto the Zoom call and confess their deepest, darkest secrets. Um, and then we're going to judge you. We're going to judge you of how original your sin was. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, uh, you know that there is no original sin, right? It's, it's, it's all the same mess. Uh, but that, that idea is sometimes, I think, what we think of when we think of confession. We think of this big, horrendous thing, you know, youth group, like, oh, I did this horrible thing, and everybody's watching it. And, and um, I think there's been some abusive things with confession that when we hear that word, it triggers us in a negative way. I remember in college, we used to have a tip jar for if you saw any naughty images that week, you would put a dollar in the tip jar as we confessed our sins among a group of guys. Weird things like that, super weird. But I want to talk about what the Bible says about confession. Proverbs 28, verse 13. Those who conceal their sins do not prosper, but those who confess and renounce them find mercy. Those who c cover over their sin, they cover up their sins, do not prosper. But those who confess and renounce them find mercy. Now, the Hebrew word for confess is the word yadha. It's where we get that phrase yada, yada, yada. It's the word to speak out, uh, to speak out out or throw out or cast out something. It's the idea that there's something inside of you that you are getting out into the open. It also carries this idea of recognition or declaration. The idea of confession is understood in a spectrum of things. So it carries this idea that if something is to be right, is to be true, if it is in line with reality, then we confess and declare it, right? The New Testament word for confession is the word exomologioi. It means ex, which is to cast out, omo, which is the word same, and logos, the word word, to speak out the same word. It's to say whatever is in here, I'm going to speak out the same. And so as the spectrum of confession, to one degree, it means we're saying the same thing. Christians have creeds, they have confessions and declarations. I believe statements, right? It's to say the same thing, like I believe. And so one, one thing here is for us to, important is to know, to confess these things, to whatever isn't true in here, to let it be said out here. I believe 
that creation is good. I believe in the new heavens and the new earth. I believe in heaven and hell. I believe that Jesus has resurrected from the dead. I believe in the power of prayer, miracles, and healing. I believe that in the communion of the saints, I believe that Jesus will come back one day again and create earth as a new heavens and new earth. Confession is saying, this is true and right and beautiful. And then there's another degree of confession, which is acknowledging something that you didn't acknowledge before, right? Uh, acknowledging something in a reality that you didn't once acknowledge before. Uh, this weekend, uh, me and my kids enjoyed playing in the park. I hope you all enjoyed the beautiful weather, and it was miraculous. I mean, yes, masked, social distanced, all those great things. But being outside and seeing the vibrancy of our city again just brought such a peace and joy to my life that I've been missing for so long. We stayed out there for an hour, and the kids played in the playground. They, they swung on the swings. They went up you know, the, the monkey bars. They went to the na- nature area where they could jump around logs and be kids. And they went biking and scootering. And um, as they bike and scooter around Wells Park, it's just a big square in which you have to go through a couple of uh, stops where there's red lights and people and traffic. And so, you know, I have a young kids and so it can be a little nerve wracking as a parent. So I told my oldest child with me, Cora, middle child, uh, you got to go slow because Jude's behind you on the scooter, right? And, and you know, and I'm on foot and she's like, okay, dad, like just, just keep up. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best, but you got to watch out for Jude, right? Because you're going to be out in front. And she says, look, if, if, you, if you need me to, just say, I can't keep up. I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head, there's no way as an adult, I'm going to scream out down traffic with all these adults walking by. I can't keep up, right? And lo and behold, we're going and we're they're off way too far, and they're starting to get too far ahead, too far for my comfort. And I'm like, slow down, Cora, slow down. And she doesn't hear me, and she's still going. And I'm like, I can't keep up. And there's that moment where I had to acknowledge, right, I'm not able to, to keep up with you in, 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 in this moment with uh, these two little children uh, on a bike and a scooter and acknowledge that in front of everyone. But that is what confession is. It's saying, you know what? I, I can't keep up. I, 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 I'm lost here. I'm, I'm confused. Uh, I don't fully understand. I, I, I don't want anyone to think that I can't keep up, that you're going too fast for me, right? Or I don't want anyone to, to think that I can't uh, uh, have enough money to buy that thing. There's a maybe like, I don't want anybody to think that I don't have enough money to buy that thing, so I'm going to buy it. Or I don't, want, I don't want anybody to think this or think that I'm slow or, or think that I'm confused or, or think that I'm not confident or uh, to think that I'm insecure. I don't want anyone to think that I am needy. I don't want anyone to think that I'm, you know, not um, put together. Confessing is taking what's in here and owning up to it and, and, and simply pausing. Confession is sometimes simply saying, I can't keep up. Confession is sometimes declaration of something beautiful and true. 
that we all affirm together, but sometimes it's owning up to the reality that I didn't own up to before. I, I lied. I forgot. I, I, I totally, totally didn't acknowledge that I did that. I hurt you. Uh, I made a mistake. I don't know. Um, so, so being confession is so much broader than just getting up on stage and sharing our deepest, darkest secrets. Confession is acknowledging that I'm going to be true and speak out and cast out what is in here and simply be congruent with my public life. So I am not split. In high school, we used to have a friend who would always just laugh at certain parts of jokes. Um, it kind of became obvious that he would act like he knew what things were happening when it wasn't. So one day we said, hey, have you ever eaten at Bar D? And me and my friends were talking about, man, I love eating at Bar D. Bar D is the best. He's like, oh, and he was like, oh, me too, Bar D. Oh, they've got good burgers. And Bar D was a secondhand clothing store. Uh, so confession is saying, you know what, I don't laugh at that part of the joke because I don't, I don't know the punchline. I didn't see the movie. I don't need to fit in here. This is who I am. And so confession carries with it also when we have done something wrong, right? Like, have you ever told a lie to someone? Um, and, and to keep that lie going, you had to tell another lie to tell another lie and another lie. And you're like, you know, your, your friends are an example of, hey, you know, uh, Kevin, um, how did he know that thing that I told you? Like, he came to me and knew, knew. did you tell him? He's like, no, I didn't, I didn't tell Kevin. I didn't, I didn't tell him anything. Oh, well, well, how did Kevin know? You're like, I don't know how Kevin knew. Like, who's, who's Kevin? Oh, what's that over there? Squirrel. Um, you know, like, we use tactics of distraction and, and further lies, and then it just starts the pressure of that kind of life starts building and building and building to the point where there's so much pressure on us just to release, I told Kevin. It just releases the pressure and brings a sense of freedom, a freedom. I hear marriages have fights. I've heard about it, only heard about it. And, uh, you know, you can be in the fight of like, hey, you didn't load the dishwasher the right way. I've told you so many times, don't do it this way. I don't like it. Oh, well, what about when we lived in Alabama, you know, uh, 10 years ago? Wait, are you distracting me? You know, there's, all, and there's just this pressure that builds up in the fight of a marriage to the point that it rises and rises and rises until it escalates over time because we don't let what's in here be congruent to what's out here. What is in here is not matching up with our reality. Confession is saying, you know what? I, I, I forgot. I forgot something. Like how many of you have forgotten to call someone or, or acknowledge someone on a special day, right? And what do we do? We say, oh, you know what? Uh, when did you call? Oh, I, I was out. I didn't have my phone with me that day. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, like I missed that email. That goes to the email that I never touched, right? Um, and so we, we don't just say, you know what? I forgot. I forgot. I'm really sorry. And, and so I think confession is this telling the truth. That event was so important to you and I forgot. Instead, we rational, rationalize away. We make excuses I, I know for me, if it's like, if I can help you understand my intent was not for bad, I just need you to understand that, that I'm a good person and that it wasn't intentional, right? But confession just says, you know what? I acknowledge that I am this way and that I did this. 
And so notice the next word in, in Proverbs 28, verse 13. Those who confess and renounce find mercy. The word renounce, it's a rich, rich, deep Hebrew word that means to leave or to loosen, to set free. Those who confess and acknowledge and then in turn, they are set free. Confession is tied to freedom. It's a, it's a progression of confession always leads to freedom. Freedom is completely dependent upon confession. And so perhaps maybe you've cut a corner in life or you've cheated on something or someone or you just, after it just gets exhausting to the point where that kind of life of, of hiding, uh, that kind of life of, of needing to cut corners, of manipulatively leaving out and withholding information from other people who need it, it becomes a slavery, that kind of life. A slavery to you needing power, a slavery for you needing recognition, a slavery for us needing security, needing to be loved, needing to have power. Uh, it, it leads to this sense of slavery where we're cutting corners, we're concealing and withholding information from other people that need it. And that slavery just begins to compound and compound and confessing is, you know what? I'm, I'm, I've been fronting, I've been, I've been concealing, I owning up to my reality, and I'm renouncing them. And those who turn away, the word renounce, it's the word to turn away, to loosen, to, to, to leave. It's, it, the repentance is a part, is how you have to become a Christian. And it's not only how you have to become a Christian, it's a part of the Christian life ongoing. All of life is repentance. And it says that those who do that, they'll confess and they renounce and they loosen, and they leave, they will find mercy. The word mercy is the Hebrew word raham. I love this word. It means to soothe, to cherish. It's deeply emotive, and it speaks of unbreakable, intimate bonds. It is a word that is like no other in the Old Testament. The word for mercy is a beautiful word in the Old Testament, and it can be found in two other places that I want to show you. Isaiah 49 is the first one. Uh, it will be on the screen, uh, but Isaiah 49, it says this in verse 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no raham and have no mercy on the child she has born? Let me read that again. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no raham on the child she has born? So those who confess and renounce. When you confess and you renounce, you will find the kind of raham, the kind of soothing, cherishing, unconditional love that a mother has for a baby at its nursing breast. You will find this kind of unconditional, unbreakable bond, intimate bond. Turn to uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103 is a series of prayers and there's a spontaneous moment of joy where it says, as a father has Raham on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, on those who respect, have serious respect for him. So 
if you confess, if you come clean to others, to God, if you let what is happening on the inside be true and real to those on the outside, you will find the unconditional love the way a father has of a child, right? Imagine, right, the son, the little kid playing little league ball who makes an error that loses the game. And a father who comes to the son face to face, kneels down and gives him the hug and says, I'm so proud of you. Imagine a young girl in the middle of a pandemic who's barely making C's and D's. And the parents say, you know what? I'm proud you made it through this. Let's go get ice cream. It's that kind of love, the picture of the prodigal son, Rembrandt's fatherly embrace of the son who's come home, that kind of experience of culture of grace that you will never experience unless you let what is in here become true out here, unless this starts to match up, this starts to match up your mouth with reality. Then you experience a kind of freedom, a kind of mercy, a kind of raham, and so what we often do is we look for love in, in other ways. Am I successful? Do I matter? Am I winning? Uh, do, do, do I feel needed? We look for love in other, our, our image. You know, maybe I'll find, put my image out there. And so we lie. We tell a better story about ourselves than what is actually true. We leave out those details because they don't enhance the narrative of our image that we want to portray. But when we say, this is who I am, you see, God can't really love the pretend you. God can't love St. Brian. God only loves me, the real me. That's the only person he died for, and those are the only sins that he can truly forgive, not St. Brian. God has me, a, a person who is mercifully in need of mercy as a sinner. So when you discover there's this kind of love, when you do that and you're still standing, confession leads to this mercy of <sighs> deep breath, raham, right? Mercy the kind of unconditional, unbreakable bond that a mother has with a nursing child, the kind of, kind of unforgetting love and bond that a father has with a young boy. James said in his letter that the Christian community is a place that if you confess your sins to this community, to people that you have, that you trust, that you will find wholeness, that you will become integrated, that you will become healed. Love that. So we cast it out, we, we throw it up, and maybe when we throw it up, it gets on you, but when you get all that out, there's this, the person is still there that you're confessing to, and they're like, okay, excellent. There it is, it's fine. And when you hear that, oh, Raham, you in blood and flesh experience the unconditional love of Jesus, the love that Jesus died for you and forgave all of your sins. You find a love that transcends any other absurdity of hiding and image, image casting and shadowing. You find a community that shows you a mercy of God that you've experienced like no other, right? When you sit between someone else and you share all of your stuff and they say, you know what? I feel now comfortable enough to say, I've never really told anybody this, but this is it. This is it. 
that kind of community is a true culture of grace, which is very not often found in churches, if I could be honest. Too much in honesty in churches, we do a lot of comparison, a lot of self-righteous navel-gazing. But a culture of grace is where you can be that kind of person to others. Are you bringing a culture of grace into your community? Or are you bringing a culture of criticism? Right? I used to have a roommate. And um, anytime you would say anything that kind of surprised him, and usually it would be something vulnerable, he would just say a simple word, wow. (laughs) And that one little word made that house not a safe place. It can be as simple as a body language or a word like, wow, that sense of shock. I can't believe you said that. And what what kind of culture are you creating in your home, in your house, in your community? Are you creating a place of safety, a place of, of place where I, no one here needs to be intimidated, right? And so when, when people love us and embrace us, they show us the, the love of Jesus in, in the flesh. So we can say, you know what? I screwed up. I'm scared. I'm insecure. I don't know. I forgot. I can't keep up. I've sinned. I wasn't listening. I lied. I wronged you. Confession is stopping the pressure and letting it out. It's a release. I'm angry. Right? Confessioning is owning up to the reality and finding out there's been a hand on your shoulder all along, a loving father, a loving mother, soothing and cherishing you. So God, may you put us back together again as a community. May we be people. So as we close, I just want to ask you, is there anything you need to confess? Anything you need to confess to a family member, a loved one, a close friend, to God? May you be no longer split. May what is true in here be true out here. Amen? Let's pray. God, we pray that you would allow us to see that, you know what, the the risk of owning up to our stuff, um, it is a risk. Will I still be loved? Will I still be accepted? What will they think of me? But may we see the risk and may we see the reward of your unconditional, unfailing love, the love of Jesus that said, I will give my life for those so I might bless those who no longer conceal their sins, but who leave them and speak them out so that I can give them a soothing, cherishing bond, an intimate connection that is unbreakable. May you do that. May you experience the grace over you right now as you spend a little bit of time confessing. Jesus, may you heal us. May you heal us as a community. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missiodechicago.com.